Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Oris Sanchez. Oris is making a name for himself by reviving the lost art of conversation and interpersonal communication. A friend connected the two of us after she heard a presentation he gave, and after talking to him in preparation for doing this interview, I am so glad that she did. Oris, thank you for being on the show. I'm really happy that you're here. Hey, Ellen, how are you? First of all, I'm very excited to be here, too. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time, you know, to actually have me on here. And I'm just, I can't wait to, you know, to get the ball rolling, to give as much value as I can to everyone who's who's listening. Okay, fabulous, fabulous. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. And, you know, in talking to you, I thought it was really interesting that you describe yourself as a master conversationalist and you, you speak on this. And um, you, you don't often hear that term. So what does that mean? And uh, why did you choose to, you know, go in that direction? First of all, um, so yeah, so when, 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 you, when people hear the word conversationalist, people just think that a conversationalist is a person who just speaks well, who talks well, and that's it. Which in a way, it's kind of true, but there's just so much more to that one word. It's just that people don't really know the real value or the real uh, understanding of that word. So a conversationalist has the potential, has the power, the ability to communicate with anyone, anytime, anywhere. That's what a true conversation has. Again, they know they have the power ability to effectively communicate with different types of people anytime and anywhere. That's what a real conversation has. And they have the key to basically unlock opportun- uh, unlock opportunities for, for themselves and for other people. Because a lot of times what happens is that we forget about these, these, these communication skills. We just completely forget about them. We completely forget about them and we focus too much on, on, on other skills. But you have to remember something. Other skills, like for example, a lot of people, they pride themselves in being great at Facebook advertising or I'm great at, at, um, at Snapchat marketing or, or making websites. And don't, and don't get me wrong, that's a skill. It's, and it's, it's great that you have it and it's, it's an art depending, who, depending who's viewing it or different perspectives, right? But all those skills can be bought cheaply. All those skills, and like, like you can just go on like on YouTube and just for 10 hours, just learn how to do it, and then guess what? And then just and then and then you can just underbid other people, and then you can basically do the same thing that anyone else does, and in, in that niche. But with a communication skills, now that's priceless, and that's what a conversation has. A conversation has priceless skills that can bring them opportunities, connections, and 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 put them from point A all the way to point Z. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So you, you kind of learn how to make that human connection and make it matter. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the whole point. It's learning how to unlock all right, people's inner guards and how to make people get open, get to know them, really get on that rapport level, build that, build that trust, that bond over, over one conversation, two conversations, just getting to know that person. And once you really master that process, which a lot of people think it's easy, or just say hi, be nice, uh, say nice things, compliments. I mean, those are little aspects of it, don't get me wrong, but it, there's just so much more to it that people just don't know, and because they don't know it, they can't get connections. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to get that job. 
They don't know how to make themselves stand out in job industries as an entrepreneur and, and just anywhere. They don't know how to do it because they don't know the process. Yeah, and I'm excited to get into some of those tips that you're going to share with us. But first, I want to ask you about your background because you said that as a child, you had a speech impediment. And that's one of the reasons that you actually chose to get into this field, which is very interesting. Other people may have avoided uh, a field of public speaking and, and, you know, a career based on conversations. So what was your experience or process or how did you, you know, come to that decision? So, yeah, Ellen. So what happened was that uh, when I was young, um, actually, since I was born, I was actually, uh, I mean, since what, when I remember, since I was young, I always had a speech impediment. That's very true. I used to stutter like, like literally, I couldn't speak at all. I couldn't. So with that speech impediment, it got me to a point where I was very shy because I was very insecure about myself, about me speaking, because people would make fun of me, my classmates, and I just couldn't really express myself. I couldn't say the thoughts I wanted to say. I couldn't really say what I felt or what I wanted or what I was passionate about because either I was making fun of or I just literally, literally, I couldn't pronounce the words right. They just wouldn't come out until there was a point in middle school where there were just so many things around me that was occurring. I was missing out. I told myself internally, I cannot let myself be beaten by this impediment. I cannot let this beat me. I got to I got to find a way to beat it. So from that point on, I started doing research on speech impediments and stuttering. And little by little, I started to learn how to overcome it. I mean, to this day, I still have it. I still have the problem. But a lot of times people don't know because I've been able – I've learned how to control it. I've learned how to how, – I've learned how to master it or just to make sure that it – or it, it doesn't come out. But there are times where it does come out. But I've learned to control it like, you, you know, like how people learn how to tame a tiger at a circus or you learn how to train a dog. I've learned to tame this, this speech impediment. And in that process, I started learning about communication skills, conversation skills. And little by little, I kept reading. I kept watching, going to seminars at a young age. And I was, I was really enjoying what I was learning. And I was like, this is, is so interesting. And on top of that, my father, was a, he was a real estate agent for like 25, 30 years. So I, I, I would watch him you know, build rapport with people um, in, in the process of selling a home, getting to know others. And so that and me learning about it and me overcoming this problem really came together. And I was like, man, I, I really like this. I really like what I'm learning. So I just kept learning more and more and more and putting into practice, which is important, implementing what I learned, and then that's how that's how I became, and that's how I got into this road of public speaking and communication. And at what point did you start to realize, you know, when did the light bulb go on, and you started to realize that people have a need to learn this, that this could actually turn into a profession for you? So I started to realize it, because what happened was that, first of all, uh, as years went by, a lot of people started telling me, Aldous, you're such a great conversationalist. And at first, I only took it as a compliment at first. I was like, oh, thank you very much. And in my opinion, I was like, wow, I went, I went a long way from from a kid who couldn't speak at all, who used to stutter all the time, to now I'm a good conversationist, I'm glad. But then people kept telling me this over and over. And it wasn't the same people. It kept being different people that I met and then their friends that I met. I, I just kept hearing this. And I was like, okay, it clicked. There's something here. There has to be something. I got to do something with this. And... And then I started to notice that a lot of people started asking me, so what is, so what's a good tip for a conversation? Or what is it that, that you do that you're so well at speaking or engaging people? And I was, and then as, as soon as that started happening, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see something. And then on top of that, people would also ask me, oh, I want to talk, like my friends at the time, they were like, I want to talk to this girl or I want to I, I ace an interview or I want to speak to this person. What can I do? I don't know how to do it. And I was like, okay, there's something here. And then all those variables coming together, I was like, okay, there's something here. 
I have the potential to teach it. How do I capitalize on this? And then I remember I bought a book called, um, I think it was called like Guide to Public Speaking or Public Speaking Business. Uh, I don't remember the title, I, but I remember the author was by Alan Wise. My father bought me the book on Barnes and Nobles. So, and then I read the book and I was like, okay, there's something here. There's supply, I mean, there's demand. People wanna know about communication. I'm learning about it, so let me supply that demand. And that was, a, that was like the first time I, I, I was also starting to read books about business. So I was mixing the business books, the book that my father bought me about public speaking, and I was seeing in real life supply and demand, and people kept asking me these questions. So I was like, okay, there's something here. I have to capitalize on it, or I got to do something about it. So that's how it started. Oh, great story. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and um, so from what I observe, I, I think that people of all ages you know, can really use some mm -hmm. help with these skills, but particularly, at least I see with, you know, my own kids and maybe the younger generations, these people are so dependent on um, non-human communication, you know, texting and Snapchat and all of that. <laughs> do you mm -hmm. think that that has been detrimental to conversation? And do you have any suggestions for people who um, maybe are attached to their devices to unattach and reconnect with other humans or what are your thoughts on that all right so i'm probably going to say something that's probably going to shock you or probably something that you you weren't expecting but it's this uh first of all I'll, you're not the only person that's that to have thought about that or who have said is it because of technology that uh, the millennials or a lot of people uh their communication skills are decreasing you know that face-to-face -face, um reports going down the drain and, and one huge reason, yes, it is technology. I'm sorry to say it, but it, it is technology. But here's the thing that I'm going to say. If you think it's bad now, anyone who, who's listening, if you think it's bad now, get ready for the next five, ten years. It's about to get worse. That's simple. It's going to get worse. And there's really nothing that we can do about it. There really isn't because virtual reality is going to probably be big in the next 10, 20 years. Um, and when virtual reality really hits, I'm just giving an example because I've been doing a lot of research. And I've been listening a lot. There's going to be lots of people that are really going to get into that and they're just going to stay home all day and they won't be able to tell if it's if they're living a reality at home or if it's real life because virtual reality will be so good that people are going to rather live their virtual reality than real life. Now, it's not everyone, but a lot of people, they will be doing that. More people will be stuck to their phones because new apps will come out with better features. If you think we're addicted now to Snapchat and Instagram, I'm telling you, just get ready. More and more things are going to come out and we just have to adjust now. Me personally, I love like those apps. I love Snapchat. I love Instagram. I love these social networks. I really do because I do a lot of my things there. I do a lot of teaching there. So I'm also on my phone a lot, right? But in my case, I'm very balanced. I want to be balanced. So the, I do the, so the social media stuff, but I also like to go out and engage. I like to speak to people. I like to go to networking events. I like that face-to-face. -face. I like building that rapport. I like... Um, you know, asking interesting questions, like really listening to people and see what they're really truly saying, like the double meaning of what they're saying. I love that stuff. And if people want to get connections, if they want to ace a job interview, if they want to stand out, they want to build a personal brand, like if they want to do something, if they really want to do something, then they're going to see eventually that communication skills is important, right? Because a lot of times people are so stuck in their phones, but that's the way they want to live. So that's the way they want to live. We can't do anything about it, like at all. But if they want to do something in this world, they want to sh uh, like build a brand or they, they want to do something, right? They're eventually going to see and notice that communication skills is valuable. It's priceless. Themselves, they will realize that because with everyone going the same direction of social media, 
phones, technology, everyone's going down the same route. People are going to realize that, hey, if I want to stand out, if I really want to show who I really am, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to better my speaking skills, my communication skills, my building rapport skills themselves. They're going to realize that. And that's and that's what I want to do. I want to make people realize how important those are. That's why I'm so big on Instagram, on Snapchat, on, on my website, on my YouTube. I want to give I want to give as much awareness of how important these skills are. So if people really want to just do something about it, be balanced themselves. They will realize it themselves and themselves if if that's the road that they want to go. If they don't, there's nothing that we can really do about it because you know how far can Tinder really get you? How far can um, Match.com re- really take you? Because technology can take you to a certain point, but then from that point on, you need to actually communicate with people. Like dating, you can meet someone online and talk to them for a couple of weeks online, but then eventually you have to meet them. And if they're not good in communication, eventually they will notice, hey, technology can only take me to a certain to, to a certain point. From that point on, I have to get better at speaking, at communication. So people will realize sooner or later that they have to get better. Sooner or, or later, it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's going to be, I think, as more and more people become, you know, as virtual reality becomes a thing and people are more into their devices, mm-hmm. being good at conversation is a great way to stand out. Like if you're applying for a job and the manager's getting hundreds or thousands of resumes and you're the one that went in and had a good conversation with him, you know, who's he going to remember? It's going to be mm-hmm. that human connection, right? Hundred percent. You're you're so right because then you're right. There's so much people that look the same or they're very cliche or very predictable. You got to find a way to stand out. Hundred percent, Eileen. You're right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, part of this whole process is listening. You know, it's not just talking. Mm-hmm. Part of it is mm-hmm. really being able to be a good listener. Do you teach that too? And if so, like maybe you can give us some tips. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I love talking about listening. It's, a, it's I think. Listening is more of a lost art than conversation because it's just so hard. It really is. So everyone who's listening, I'm gonna, I'm, yes, I do teach in my seminars and workshops, but I'm going to be giving you guys some tips that can definitely help you out. So when it comes to listening, for example, um, I'm not going to give you that, that cliche tip, okay, pay attention to them, um, have eye contact because that should be obvious. And if it's not, then I just gave you an answer then. That, good. You're learning something. Good. But it's, <laughs> okay. it's this. It, it's, it's this. Um, when I talk about listening – there's something that you that you have to understand. To really ace, to really become a masterful listener, not a better listener, but a masterful listener, right? You have to make that person feel like they're the most important person in the room. You can speak to anyone, a cop, your son, your daughter, your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, uh, a CEO, an executive member of a board, it could be anyone. But if you have the ability to make that person feel like they're the most important person in, in, in that room, you got them. And someone who was really good at doing that, someone, it was John F. Kennedy. If you read like his biography and a, and a lot of people that spoke with him, he made everyone feel great. How did he do that? He made you feel that you were important. Now, the way you do that, the way you make someone feel important, right, is by actually just really, but I mean being curious, not nosy. There's a difference between being curious and nosy. But being have that curiosity spark in you to actually get, get to know that person really well, like really get to know them. Like, And the way you do this, you ask questions about them. You you want to ask stimulating, interesting, stimulating questions that get them talking about themselves. So when the way you do that, you can probably ask them interesting questions using the opposite framework approach, which means this. Instead of asking a person the same cliche, boring question like anyone else can do, what you want to do is you want to ask a stimulating question. For example, instead of asking someone, what, are, what do you like to do, right? Which is only it's not a bad question because you know you you want to get to know them. But maybe if you reworded it and you made it sound extremely different like this, 
hey, so what is it that you're so passionate about that if you had the time right now to teach me, you would do it? Or what is it that you love so much deep in your heart or you're so passionate about that if money was not an issue, you would do it for the every day for the rest of your life? Oh, those are great questions. They're good questions, right? Yeah. And and it's like, if you think about it, it's the same question. I'm, I'm basically asking you what do you like to do, but I'm stimulating your brain by asking you questions about yourself, right? And these questions, what they're, they're so good because for, first of all, they're not cliche. They get the person thinking, and you know you ask a good question when someone has to tell you a story or when mm-hmm. someone ha- has to give you or tell you an experience. Once you start seeing that, that's how you know you ask them a great stimulating question that gets them thinking. And, and then once you, once you get them talking about themselves, people will love you. They're, they're, people love hearing themselves talk no matter what type of personality, no matter who you are. People love talking about themselves, their knowledge, their goals. What, what is it that they love? What is it that they dislike? People like to hear themselves speak. Again, it doesn't matter who you are or if you're an introvert or extrovert. It doesn't matter, right? So if you can get people speaking like that and they're really paying attention to them and remembering those details, that just doing that one thing can really make them feel important, right? Another thing that you can do too is you can ask for people's opinions. Now, I didn't say ask for someone's advice. Now, why? Because especially when you're meeting someone, what I, I like to do is I like to ask for people's opinions. Now, just because you ask for someone's opinion doesn't mean that you're gonna do it. But when you ask for someone's opinion, it's great because you make them feel like they're smart. Because now the person's like, wait, if this person's asking for my opinion, they must think highly of me or they must think I'm smart. And when you and then when they give you an answer, you're like, hmm, here's a here, here's a neat li- little trick. It's called the pregnant pause. After someone gives you their opinion or or after they they, they finish speaking, don't talk immediately. As a matter of fact, well, what you should do is this: literally wait three seconds, like. Let's say you, you, you were talking to me and you're like, okay, Arus, I feel like you should do this, this, and that. Then I take it in and this happens. Okay, Nalene, I um, thank you so much for your advice, for your opinion. I really appreciate it. You have no idea what, what that meant for me. I, I really, I just, I'm so thankful for everything you just told me right now. I really appreciate it. You made my day. Now, what happened was there, I first paused, so I built a little bit of tension. Now, mm-hmm. you guys can't see me, but in your face, you want to show like you're absorbing all that information and then you speak because it shows that, that you're meditating on what you just said or what that person just said. So you're taking it all in, you're building tension, you're making them feel important because you're asking them about their opinions, right? Because when you ask for someone's opinion and not advice, opinion sounds more casual and a lot of people are scared of the word advice. Oh, can I have your advice? And they're like, oh, I can't give advice because I, well, what if I mess up and I don't give them the right advice? you might get in trouble or something like that. So you want to ask for someone's opinion, have them talk about themselves and make them feel like they're the most important person. And if, when you do this, it's once you really get, this is actually the, the, the last tip I want to give, but I think the most, the most valuable one when it comes to listening, so everyone pay attention. When you can really get good at the art of listening and making, pe- and making people feel important and having it and really listening to what they're saying, you can actually find out so much information about that person without them telling you directly. So. Just by listening to what they're saying, you can find the double meaning of what they're saying. Or you can find out about their past or about what they're thinking. It's just that simple. You can find out all those details. You just got to find the context clues. And you can really practice all of that. You can find so much information about them. And then it makes it seem like you were you just know them. And if you can show that power, people will gravitate to you. Yeah. Wow. Those are golden tips. And you know what? I was thinking about this... Um, mm guy that I used to work with, he was my client. 
and he had these skills he was really good at it he made you feel so important and he so he had two more things that he would do one of them this is a busy very busy very important guy he never made you feel like he didn't have time for you you know he had all the time in the world to have a conversation and that's part of making the the person feel like they are the most important thing so he wasn't checking his phone he wasn't like distracted you know, he was very he would just be like hey how you doing how's your family you never felt like he had anything he probably did have other things on his mind but you never felt like it and the mm -hmm. other thing that he was good at was remembering names of like he'd always remember my kids names and he'd remember details about me which mm -hmm. that that's a skill like do you have any tips for that because I think many of us don't have such a good memory and we talk to a lot of different people and any any thoughts on that yeah um so oh yeah i think first of all those two skills that that, that that you just mentioned is extremely important too i mean there is so much like becoming a conversationalist. like the guy that, that you're speaking about he sounds like he was a conversationalist yeah. or, or or getting to that point and so many people so many people can speak can talk can have a conversation but they're not conversationalist or they're not on that road and just those two things, again, they're very important, as you mentioned now. Making time for people. Now, it's interesting what, what, what you said. He always made it seem like he had time for you, having a conversation. And you're right. He probably was thinking about other things or he had other things in his mind. But, it, but you felt like he had all the time in the world for you. Yeah. And, again, a lot of people will confuse everything that, that I'm talking about or what, your, or, or what this guy did of – manipulating people but it has nothing to do with manipulation we just want to really enjoy people build rapport and give as much value as we can and help each other out that's all that's really happening right that's it there's, there's no there's no there's no harm with it there's no harm and you can build that because yeah he was probably busy we're all busy but if you can make time for that one person you never know where that person how that person can help you in the future maybe you ellen maybe maybe you're because because you know your podcast is big now Maybe two, two, three years from now, it's gonna get even bigger, and then he's probably gonna ha he's probably gonna ask you for a favor. Who knows? But you don't mind giving it to him, or you don't mind helping helping him out. You know why? Because he made time for you. He made you feel good. He and he remembered your, your kids' names, which that's another point I, I want to talk about. I mean, hopefully, uh, have you have you heard of the book called um, uh, How to Win Friends and, and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, Ellen? Yes, I have. It's a very famous book. Yeah, very famous. I, I I have the book. It's a great book. I read about seven times. But one of the most important parts there is there's a chapter just on remembering people's names and like why it's so important. It's important because you know people like to hear their name. They like to hear the sound of their name, that you remember their name. And I really try to, I'm like to be honest, like when I meet new people, I'm pretty good at it. Like I'm like at a 70, 30, like 70% of people I meet, I remember their names, but there's like 30% where I forget. So I'm still trying to perfect that. But here's a couple tips that, that, that I, I would give people to remember people's names, which is this. There, there, there's a couple tactics that you can use. First of all, the best way to remember someone's name is by this, putting interest. If you meet people and you actually are really interested in getting to know them and their name, it's going to be much more easier for you to remember their name. But if you go into an, an event or you're meeting people and you're saying, so what's your name? Oh, John. Okay. Not, nice to meet you. What, what's your name? Susie? Literally, I'm telling you, five seconds from that point on, you're going to forget their names. That's simple. That's simple. Now, that, now, that, now, that's a mindset thing, which does help. But now, let me give some practical stuff now. So what I do is this. There's one technique I learned from someone. His name is Jimmy. And you can find him on Instagram. His, his, his name is Jimmy Parent. Jimmy Parent on Instagram. Great guy. 
he is he is known for um, he is he, he's called the master of persuasion because he is great when it comes to per- persuasion. But I learned a thing from him where let's say you forgot someone's name, right? You you forgot their name, but you met them before. So let's say you're speaking to them. So five ten minutes into the conversation, this would happen. So let's say I'm I'm talking to Ellen and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, but by the way, um, what's your name again? What's your name again? Mm-hmm. And then and then you would answer and you would say, oh, my name is Ellen. And then I would say, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I knew that already. I meant your last name. And then you would say Barton. Ah, uh-huh. You saw what just happened there? You you saw what happened there? I, I got it. Yeah, that's a good, that's you a did. very good technique. It's very good. Now, what now for, for those for those of you who are listening and didn't get it, it's this. So let's say you're talking to someone and you forgot their name. So you ask them, hey, so what's your name again? Now, when you ask that question, when, when people hear that question, they're just going to tell you their first name. So my name is John. My name is Julius. My name is Maria. It could be anything, right? So they say, oh, so my name is um, Ellen. So once you hear that, they basically just gave you the answer. So, n- so now you remember that their name is Ellen. Now, this time you actually have to really remember it. But now you do this. You're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I knew that already because you told me last time. I meant your last name. Uh-huh. And then people are like, oh, okay, he made a mistake. All right, so, so my last name is this. Now, there has been times, it won't happen a lot, but there has been times where people might say, okay, but why do you want to know my last name? If that happens, you say this. You say, and I promise you, if you say this, no one's going to argue on this one. You say, well, I like to remember people's first and last names out of respect. Ah. No one's going to fight you on that. They're, and, uh, and they're like, oh, in their head, they're like, this person wants to respect me. They want to remember me. So my last name is this. But now, one warning, you cannot do this technique over and over with the same person. This only works once. So if you're going to use it, after you use it, remember that person's name. Write it down. Do something about it. So that, that's a great technique. Do you mind if I give, do you mind if I give one more, a, a quick practical one to remember someone's name? Oh my goodness! I I could sit here and listen to your tips all day long. <laughs> <laughs> you go right ahead. <laughs> all right. So then, let's say um, I don't know. Let uh, let's say you again you forgot their name, but this is a, a different person. So what what I what I've done before too is I take out my phone and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I have your number? Most of the time, people are gonna say, yeah, yeah, for business purposes or for to to go out or to hang out. So you say so then you tell them, all right. So what what's your phone number? So you write down their phone number. Now, when it's time to write their name, and let's say you forgot to say, hey, can you, re- can you write your name? I don't want to misspell your name. Now, wh- as you're saying that, you're, you're, you're giving the phone already and you're putting it in their hands. So, so you're saying, hey, can you, write, can you write your name? I don't want to misspell it. Now, right there, when you say that, it sounds like you already know what's their name, but you don't want to misspell their name. Now, many times, what, not, not many times, but sometimes, some like I remember I, I did a seminar and someone asked me, all right, but what if their name is easy, like John? Yeah, but re- remember, there's many ways to write names. Like John can be written J-O-H-N or J-O-N, right? right? So then you, as you're saying, hey, can you write your name? I don't want to misspell it. It sounds like you already know their name, but you're putting their, but you're putting your phone already in their hands. So it's a psychological thing. So they're like, okay, I'll write it down. They write it down. As soon as you, you get the phone back, you peek at their name, and now you remember their name now. That's important. Oh, those are great tips, because that, that can be such a sticky problem. And I know it's, some, it's one that I do struggle with, because I frequently am meeting new people, you know, so thank you. No problem. It's really, really great. Gosh, wow, you have so much to share. Um, 
and I want to, yes, I, I want to <laughs> hear, yeah, you do. Wow. I want to hear a lot more tips. Um, but I'm curious here. Mm-hmm. So you have, um, you know, taken this idea to be a conversationalist, you've, you've made it into a business, which, you know, you needed to have vision, you needed to have passion for that. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts? Like what else does one need for success ultimately? that you think you know is what is the th- what are the elements that determine if somebody's going to end up being successful you mean like you mean like to have your own business and stuff or like to create your own business well i think it's relevant for business but i think it's probably it could be applied to life too you know just um you, you know like there's people that believe to be successful you have to have a good mindset mm-hmm. but I think there's other things that have to happen too besides just a mindset. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I totally agree with you. Yes. Way more than just a mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are my thoughts on that? So for life and business, I feel like they're, I mean, they're kind of correlated, but there's different lessons or different things that must happen. For example, for business, everyone who's trying to open up their own business, their own brand, or just trying to do something online or just m- make money out of something, right? So this is what, what I would have to say. First of all, the mindset thing, yes. I do believe, I, talk, I do talk a lot about mindset, but I, I always like to counteract that with a lot of practical stuff and real life stuff that you must do or must happen. So what the mindset thing is this, it's very simple. I believe that optimism is everything. You, be, you need to be an optimist, but also at the same time be a, a realist. A real, like, cause like, you can't just say, I have a dream and it's gonna happen in the next month and I'm just gonna wait for it to happen. Or I'm gonna just be positive and things are, are gonna come to me. That's a good mindset. Don't get me wrong. It's a great mindset, but that's not just that's not reality. That's not gonna happen. That's just not gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. So now that we have that to downpack, so a business-wise, what has really has helped me is this: to build my brand, my business, to get more business opportunities, more speaking gigs, uh, meet more people, just network. Is this? You need to be creative. Hundred percent. I so believe in that. You need to be creative. You need to be creative. You need to find a way to show how good you are. So let me explain. So what, what I mean by that. So let's so let's say you want to uh, do a certain business or uh, online thing or anything. So you need to see because there's two different approaches. You can see what everyone what everyone else is doing and just put put a different twist to it and just make it your own and just exceed. Or or because you can go down that approach, which I recommend. It's good. Or don't see what or just see what no one else is doing and just do your thing and just be creative at the same time. I do a little bit of both. So you need to be creative. For example, in my case, in my personal brand, the reason why I've grown so much is because I'm building my, my personal brand. Whatever business you're, you're, you're trying to do, you need to build a personal brand. Now, a lot of people know that, but they don't know how to do it. So if you look up just myself on Instagram, just, just on Instagram, I have close to 16,000 followers there, right? And none of them are fake they're, or organic. They're real people and they follow me. They watch my stuff and they support me. So the reason why I've gotten so much is because I'm always constant, consistently pulling daily content out there, free daily content. What I'm doing is I'm trying to give as much as I can to the people that follow me or want to support me so that eventually if I ask them for something, which is not, is, which is not a lot of times, I ask them to buy a product I made or a book I'm going to write or anything, they will support me. But, but the reason they're able to do that is because I apply the 5149 principle. I give so much more than what I receive. I put out so much free content, Ellen, and, and everyone who's listening is not even funny. Like I put put so many videos, giving you practical things like step by step what to do. I I connect a lot of my audiences with people that have helped me for free. I give people personal uh, guidance 
many times for free. Or if they want to continue to pick my brain, they can come to New York and, and you know, I'll, I'll spend an hour with them. Or we can jump on, on a Skype call. Now, 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 some of those things are paid, but it's not a lot. But I'm just giving so much away for free, so much, right? That people don't mind spending money on me. They don't mind that because I'm just willing to give you as much as I can for free. So it can help you to see results. So you need to be creative because with my content, I'm really trying to be very different. I really try to give as much as I can for, for free. The way it's presented, the visuals, and the way I market it is just completely different than anyone else is doing. So if you can be creative, be creative, market it well, and and one way and the one way that I'm very I'm very uh, my, that my personal brand has grown is, is by this. A lot of you are on, on Instagram. We're trying to grow a business on Instagram or in different social media platforms. A lot of content will be consumed by video by 2020, right? Like 80 or 90 percent of it. So let's say people answer you back. Answer back to everyone, but don't answer them in a text. Answer them by video message. Every time someone sends me a DM, which I get hundreds every week, Ellen, I spend literally hours answering back everyone in video message. It's a personal touch. A lot of people don't get that touch. They don't get that video response. Everyone sends texts, which is not bad, but I like to send a video message because now they see me. They know I'm real. They know that I can help them and they get a sense of who I am. Just that one tip can escalate completely your life, completely your business and everything. So you, you need to build a personal brand, get online, because online is where the money, the attention and where people are. So you need to get there, you need to be there. So you need to understand that and you also need to understand that people are the most important assets you will have. People and time. So if you wanna succeed in life or in business or whatever, you have to understand two simple concepts. Number one, people that come into your life, right? I, I love talking about these two concepts. People that come in, in, into your life, like new people that you meet, always re remember this. It's not a coincidence. It's not. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. No, it's not a coincidence. People that come into your lives one way or another, they're either going to be blessings or they're going to be lessons. So maybe these people you meet, they might, you know, they might treat you bad. They might steal from you. They might break your heart. They might uh, say bad things about you. They might betray you. But from those lessons you learn, and from what you learn, you continue to grow. Or they can be blessings and help you in your life. So you can understand that concept, you know that people will fall under one or two categories. And then you'll learn more about yourself, and when, you're more, when you learn more about yourself, you're more self-aware. When you're more self-aware, you know your strengths, you know where to focus more on, or you know exactly what you need to do. What you need to do, is network with, with more people. And today it's so much more easier, Ellen, and everyone who, who's listening, to do that. Instagram, Snapchat, I'm telling you, the possibilities are endless. It's just reaching out to people and just doing it. It's just that simple. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's those are great, 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 um, great perspective and great tips too. And um, I, I would put one more out there, which is grit, you know, and that's, that's, the name of this show which is ready set grit and you mm -hmm. have a great grit story because you had that speech impediment and you overcame it you know you worked really hard and um you know i'm sure that you still have obviously a lot of grit in your self and, oh, yeah. and with your business <laughs> so um do you have like when things are getting tough for you or you're having a bad day or a bad week or you have some mm -hmm. obstacles what keeps you going? How do you keep going through those tough times or challenges? All right. Well, this actually this is funny because it's actually one of the most asked questions that people ask me in my seminars and workshops and when I go live on Instagram and stuff like that. Like, this is one of the most asked questions. And is this 
like like you said, to everything to be successful in anything, you need that grit. You, you need that hustle or that, like they like to make that. You need that hard work ethic, because if I'm putting 20 hours, 30 hours a week in something, and you're only putting five, guess who's gonna get there first? Me, obviously, because I'm just putting more work into it. I'm I'm going more hardcore into it. So as long as you're putting work into it, and you understand that eventually you you will see the fruits, but it's gonna take time. But the more you put time into it, the faster you can get there. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. That's it. It's it's that simple concept. But people don't want to put the hard work into it. Now, in my case, I I know that we had a conversation earlier before jumping on this podcast, and I told Ellen, everyone who, who who's listening, that I personally I only sleep like every day, like five hours a day, four hours a day, and a lot of people complain about that. They're like, you know, a lot of my friends or a lot of people who care about me, which I've been very blessed to have people that that surround me that are like that. They're like, why you only sleep four hours, five hours? But they don't get it. It's because I'm trying to do all the hard things now, all the hard things now, so then five, 10 years from now, I don't have to go as hard as anymore because I did all the hard work now. I mean, I'll continue to do hard work, but I'm working hard and I'm working smart at the same time. But I just did all the hard things now that I'm younger, because then when things, once you get older, things get, get harder, more complicated, circumstances change and everything. But you need that hustle. You like you need to like be like, okay, I want to do this. I gotta find a way to do it. Because if you're complaining, you're like, oh, I I messed up, and you're dwelling and crying. No one cares. No one cares that you failed. No one's gonna be there to pat you in the back. No one's gonna be there to to like, unless they're family members, or if you're married, or you have a great girlfriend, a great boyfriend, or a great friend. That that's about it. No one else cares. So you gotta find a way to to figure that out. You can always do anything. That you can do almost everything in this world but you cannot do everything. You, you can do almost anything, but not everything. So you need to choose what's most important to you and why, and do that for that reason. Now, in my case, when I have a bad day, or I'm burned out, which has happened before, I can't lie, it's happened to me before where I burned out, or I'm, or I'm having a bad week, or a horrible month, or a horrible couple months, which have happened many times, there are a couple of things that help me. Number one is, I always remember why am I doing this? Sounds cliche, but it's so true. And I put daily content, or I'm doing all these great things, why? because I love my audience. I love them and I'm passionate about reaching out to them and helping them and doing and doing seminars and workshops that that I that that's like my motivation to continue. Like okay, I know I'm going I know I'm feeling bad. I know I know this is happening, but I need content I need to continue. I love what I'm doing and I need to help these people. So and I and the bigger audience you get or the more people that are aware of you, the more it sticks into your conscience. And then another thing that helps me is believe it or not, a hack I do is I love napping. I really do. I love napping. Believe me, I'm sorry, but I love to nap. I think I nap more than what I actually sleep like, like straight. Because in my case, when you nap, it's it's good to have power naps. Because when you nap, is because you're really tired and your brain needs 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 rest at that moment. At that moment, right there, it needs it. So if you can get 30 minutes of rest, 20 minutes, 28 minutes, it helps you so much because that's when you really needed the rest. Because when you sleep continuously, many times, many times we can't sleep the first hour, two hours but then we knock out. Because maybe we, we weren't as tired or we're so stressed out, but when you're when you, but when you're sleepy, like in the middle of the day or two o'clock, try to take a 10 minute nap, a 15 minute nap, and I promise you, once you get up, you're, you're gonna feel so much better and more energized, and that's what really helps me. Those two things extremely help me to continue with what I'm doing. Ah, oh, that's great. And there's actually a lot of research to support the idea of the power nap. That's a good point. So yeah, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks so much for bringing- research. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So you said something, I just want to ask you about um, something about 
we all have the potential to do mm-hmm. something great or I, I don't remember how you worded it but do you mm-hmm. feel like um so, so from what i've observed a lot of people tend to get somewhat stuck or complacent or just going through the routine of you know i'm gonna go to a job i don't really like and pay the bills and you know they just are doing the same go home and watch tv or whatever like uh, but but I personally believe that people do have a purpose and there is something within you that maybe comes out in your interest or your passion or, you know, whatever. And if you allow yourself to be pulled on that path, mm-hmm. that's where the greatness comes in, I think. Does that make sense to you? And, you know, is that kind of like in line with what your thinking is? Yes, I do. I do believe in that, and I, I, I do agree with you on that. Uh, that everyone does have a purpose. Yeah, everyone has a purpose. It's very true, and everyone has interests and hobbies, and their passion. But not everyone about realizes the purpose. You know, not everyone acts on it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yes, that's because look, that's the thing. Some people realize it earlier than others, which is normal because it could be about it. Because that could be due to your the way you were raised up or your environment, their self esteem, and so forth. There's so many variables. You can't just pinpoint to one thing, but it's. Some people realize it earlier, but they don't do anything about it. Why? Because of laziness. They're lazy or it's just so much easier to do other things. Because don't, don't get me wrong. Everything that, you, that you've been doing, Ellen, other successful entrepreneurs or other successful people or myself, what we're doing is not easy. It's not easy. You have a family. You're doing a podcast. You have a business. So much other people are doing the same thing and their lives are complicated. But we feel like we need to do it because it's our purpose. It's what we're passionate about. Everyone knows what they're passionate about or they have an idea, but it's just lazy. They'd rather just go home, watch TV, sleep. It's just so much easier than just waking up early in the morning, do, doing content, thinking about it. It's just easier. It's like, for example, those people who, who say, I want to go to the gym because they, they know they want to get better. They, want, they, they know they want to get healthier. They know they want to look better. But do you know how hard it is in the beginning to go to a gym and start to work out and getting sore and just going to the gym and just – you know, breaking the muscle fibers and just going through all these exercises, sweating. It's not easy. It's not easy. The beginning's never easy. Never easy. It's never easy. It's always complicated. And you're just lazy and you always want to give up because we as human beings, we don't want to change. It's easy to just stay in one place and do nothing. So it's it's simple. That's the concept. But once you get used to it, once you get the ball rolling, it becomes so much more easier. And that gap, that, that, that the, not, not theory, but that reality, that fact, is what stops so many people from being, from seeing their purpose and actually acting on it, and then just going to a job they hate. And you know, people like complaining too. People love complaining. Like, oh, I have a crappy job, and I do this and that. Like, they complain so much, but they don't do anything about it because I like to call them verbal masochists or internal masochists. They know they have a problem. They want to do something about it, but they never do anything about it. So that's not our problem. That that's just their problem. They know the solution. It's like an, it's like a, an alcoholic or a drug addict. They know they have the problem. They want to change, but they, they're not going to do anything about it because it's just so hard. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. That's simple. Yeah, and a lot of times, too, people don't know how, you know, they get stuck because they don't know um, all the steps. You know, they don't know how they're going to get to be, um, you know, famous YouTuber or whatever. Like, how how is that mm-hmm. going to happen? How do I, you know, I only have two followers. How am I going to get to have two million followers or whatever. Um, but I personally don't think you have to know the steps. I think it's just a matter of taking little steps and being consistent and being dedicated. 
you know, as you are, you're, you're obviously building your audience quickly with all the, you know, methods you talked about, but mm-hmm. it's like, you don't have to, people talk themselves out of greatness so easily, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have yeah. to have it all figured out in advance. You just yeah, have to you... get in action, you know, get in motion, <laughs> do something, get off the couch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you are right about that. I mean, it's impossible to know exactly every step you have to do. That I agree with you, but also it's it should be good that you should at least know at least at least know the first couple steps or at least know in the beginning what you should be doing because like let's say you want to grow your YouTube audience just as an example you want to grow your YouTube audience and you're like okay maybe I should do direct mail maybe I should send mail to all my neighbors and I'll I'll spend two thousand dollars in doing direct mail or maybe I'll do a billboard sign now yeah you're doing something to grow your YouTube now is that the best way to do it no. No, it's not. Maybe it's good that you should know what direction, maybe not exactly what to do, but maybe it's good to know the direction that you should be going. And the way you find what direction to go is very simple. You can go on Google, uh, a very great tool called Google.com, guys, if you guys haven't heard of it. (laughs) Google.com can show you so much what what to do. Also, connecting with other people who, who have done it, like finding a mentor or interviewing someone that has done what you want to do, who are 5, 10, 20 years ahead of you. Or who or who's been doing it? Talk to them or Google it, right? So yeah, it's a combination of getting up, getting out of your couch and doing something, but also knowing like where to go the right way, going to like the right way, connecting with people and being that conversationalist. And when you're a conversationalist and you know how to communicate with people effectively, they'll open the like doors will be open and they'll teach you where to go, what to do. Because if you're a conversationalist, you know the art of being likable. And if you're likable, people will know you, they'll like you, and they'll trust you. If you can ace that little formula, I'm telling you, Ellen. And everyone who's watching, people will give you money. People will give you opportunities. People will, 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 they'll become your friends. You can find a girlfriend, a boyfriend, get married like that. They'll give you jobs. They'll give you opportunities. They'll, they'll invest in you time-wise and so much stuff. I've, because of, of me learning the art of likability, I'm so passionate about it. So many doors have been opened. And not because I'm the most special person. Not because I'm extremely smart. No, because I've just learned how to eff- effectively communicate. And like, I'll give you guys a tool right now. If you guys want to like, know what direction to go and whatever, right? And and whatever what to do, right? What you should do is this. There's, there's an app called Shaper. S H A P R. It's a, it's like a Tinder, but for business purposes. So basically, you communicate with people in your industry, and you and you can connect with them in your neighborhood, and you can learn from them, and it's completely for free. So that's so those are my ideas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, when I said that you don't have to know your steps, I think that we're kind of saying the same thing. And what I was thinking was more like you don't need to know every single step because you need to be open to opportunities like, you know, you might meet somebody like, you know, we got introduced by somebody that said, "Hey, you should have Oros on on the podcast." And, um, you know, like you never know what opportunities are going to come up, but you're right. Conversational being a conversationalist just allows those to be more frequent and you never know what the universe is going to throw in your path. You know, you just have to be mm-hmm. open. You don't, you, you know, you could propel to that 2 million or 20 million follower level pretty quickly with the right connections. You know, you just have to be open to that happening and in action it, it, yeah. around it happening. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, you're. You are. You're. Everyone, listen to Ellen. She. She's preaching the right stuff. <laughs> well, I think you know. It's. <laughs> I think we're saying the same thing. But but your skills 
can are, are super important to help making that happen more quickly because it's all human connections and people want to help people they like you know mm -hmm. i very true very true um I'm sorry, but I need to wrap this up because no I, problem. <laughs> we I could just talk to you all day. I think we're going to have to have you back on the show. Oh, no um, I just want to thank you for spending time with us and thank you everybody for listening. My guest was Oris Sanchez, and I feel like I'm saying your name wrong too. Say it, say it, say Oris. So it, it's actually Aurus. <laughs> See, oh, but it's, a, but it's okay. It's Arus. Arus, yeah, it, I'm yeah, sorry. Arus. I'm so embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. You can call me Oris too. I mean, some people who can't say Aurus, they say Oris, Arus. or they, or they call me Mr. Sanchez, or they call me by my middle name, which is Julius too. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. I I, I apologize for butchering your name. I did not mean to do that. But uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. No but problem. But Mr. Sanchez, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. Um, my guest is Aurus Sanchez, who is the conversationalist. <laughs> And I'm going to put links to, you know, obviously this interview and the books you mentioned and the app you mentioned, your website and social media sites. Um, that will all be on the show notes page at readysetgrit.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And please tune in again next week for more inspirational stories and tips for creating the life of your dreams. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions, real results. <laughs>